Hey everyone and welcome to The Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I am your host Michael Montalbo and for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode we examine the events that occurred December 7th and 14th. Look, I know Pearl Harbor was on December 7th, 1941, and yes, it is the obvious choice to pick for a podcast topic that deals with history, but for whatever reason, I have decided not to do it. Honestly, it just seems a little too daunting a topic to tackle. I sometimes feel that on topics that are widely known, such as Pearl Harbor, there is little I could do to add to them, and this is just one of those instances. I couldn't add anything of substance to the conversation, and so many others have actually done it so much better. I do encourage you to learn more about it if you so choose, but one of the things I like learning about on this podcast are some of the more obscure facts about what makes each day of the year so unique. Added to this, there is a very weird phenomenon for me that whenever I talk about a fire topic, another fire topic inevitably comes up the very next week. And so that's exactly what happened this last week. So let's talk about another fire. According to Wikipedia, the Weinkauf Hotel opened in 1913 as one of the tallest buildings in Atlanta, Georgia. Built by William F. Weinkauf, the hotel was built on over 4,000 square feet and boasted that same square footage on each of its 16, minus the 13th, for obvious reasons, floors. An interesting thing here is that while most hotels have multiple stairways, back in the early turn of the last century, hotels with less than 5,000 square feet were permitted to have a single stairway. This, as you may imagine, can cause a bit of a problem. The building was described as fireproof with its steel frame and concrete floors, but despite being built up to code, it did lack automatic sprinklers and fire doors and exterior fire escapes. So let's jump forward to December 1946. It was a period just after the Second World War, and 280 to 304 guests filled the halls and rooms of the hotel on the evening of the 6th until the year was 1946, and last week, on December 7th, the Weinkauf Hotel Fire became the deadliest hotel fire in U.S. history. The fire started on the third floor and was first noticed by a bellboy responding to a room service call around 3.15 a.m. He had found the halls full of smoke and this actually resulted with him being trapped inside of the room. The fire became so severe it actually trapped everyone above the fourth floor in the hotel but amazingly the fire was not reported until 3.42 a.m. When the call was made a fire engine arrived in under a minute, most sources claim 30 seconds. At that point, there was no use in using the building's single stairway, resulting in many left to be rescued either by ladder or by jumping from a window into a net. Those that jumped did so because they were unfortunately out of the ladder's reach. In a depressing bit of information I read, people were already jumping before the fire engine arrived and they had to work around the bodies littering the street. 
Many trapped guests opened windows to get fresh air but only let in more fuel for the fire to continue to burn. A second alarm was sounded at 3.44 a.m. only minutes after arriving on the scene and a third at 3.49. A general alarm was eventually sent out at 4.02 to fight the growing fire. Firefighters climbed adjoining buildings in order to continue the fight and rescue those who were able to be rescued. Spectators gathers and workers from nearby buildings extended ladders in order to try and save those trapped inside. The fire was eventually brought under control just before dawn, but not before the building had suffered immense damage. Of the hotel guests, 119 were killed and over 100 were injured. So how did it start? We don't know. One theory, according to Wikipedia, is that the fire started in the west hallway where a mattress and a chair had been placed near the stairway to the fourth floor. It is theorized that someone dropped a lit cigarette that then ignited the mattress and other combustibles, but we may never really know. As one would assume, fire codes were updated, adjusted, or created to prevent this same type of tragedy from happening again, and while the hotel still stands today as the Ellis Hotel, many guests claim to see, hear, and smell the remnants of the fire and those who died on the property. The year was 2012, and on this day, December 14th, the Sandy Hook school shooting occurred. Guys, Sandy Hook was 10 years ago, and it troubles me. It really only seems like yesterday that we were hearing about it. But I guess with the tales of Uvalde, Texas, and Parkland, Florida, and so many more, according to Time Magazine, there have been over 200 school shootings since 2013, and that doesn't even begin to include theaters, dance clubs, supermarkets, and what have you. I guess what really bothers me here is that we don't think about it. In doing research for this, I found an article on MSN.com that speaks with Senator Chris Murphy. In the article, he talks about hearing of the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School and initially brushing it aside under the impression that it was a workplace shooting and was something he could monitor while visiting New York City to see the Christmas decorations with his family. It was only after learning that children had been killed that he'd leave his family and drive straight to Sandy Hook. And I'm not trying to talk poorly of Senator Murphy. He recently stated in the MSN article, I had not worked on the issue of gun violence prior to December 14, 2012. I'm deeply embarrassed by that. I should have been working on this issue. Recently, he even led an effort for the Senate to address gun violence. But what happened on that day? From History.com, the shooter, who I will not name, it's out there, you can find it if you want to, began his attacks by shooting his mother in their home. He then destroyed his computer's hard drive in order to make collecting evidence more difficult for law enforcement. Shortly after 9.30 a.m., the shooter shot through a plate glass window next to Sandy Hook's front entrance in order to gain entry into the school. The principal, Don Hawksprung, and the school psychologist, Mary Sherlock, went to investigate and were killed. He then made his way into the school, and while teachers and staff made attempts to safeguard their students and send him in the wrong direction, the shooter would enter classrooms and shoot those he saw. 154 rounds were fired in less than 5 minutes, and 26 lives were taken. 20 children and six adults. 
Emergency calls were made at around 9.35 a.m. and police rushed to the scene, arriving in minutes. They entered the school and after seeing an individual dressed in black, believed to be the shooter, heard a series of shots and found the shooter dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The time was now approximately 9.40 a.m. It was one of the deadliest school shootings in U.S. history, and that sentence made me realize that this episode is about one of the deadliest somethings in U.S. history. In the aftermath, the shooter was determined to have significant mental health issues, but mental health professionals he had dealt with saw nothing that would have predicted his behavior. Then-President Barack Obama called for new gun safety measures, the primary goal being to expand background checks for gun buyers, but this was blocked by the Senate. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps share this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was Audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.